Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodem with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? As COVID-19 sidelines sports, leagues and players attempt to stay connected to fans and provide value to stakeholders. In motorsports, drivers in NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar, IMSA, MotoGP, and more are racing online in events broadcast on television and stream live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. NASCAR's first two televised iRacing events have set records for eSports TV viewership with 903,000 viewers two weeks ago and an increase to 1.34 million last week. It was also the top trending topic on Twitter. For perspective on these virtual events and their impact on the industry, Believe in the Media Guide is joined by Nate Ryan, NBCSports.com's lead motorsports writer. For nearly 25 years, Nate has covered motorsports for the San Bernardino Sun, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and USA Today, joining NBC Sports full-time in January 2015. You can connect with Nate on Twitter, at Nate Ryan, all one word. Nate Ryan, how you doing? Or put another way, as you ask in the NASCAR on NBC GIF, what's going to happen here? <laughs> and again, Stu, if I ever find out who created that GIF, <laughs> they're, they're in big trouble. I don't, that just magically appeared uh, in, the, in the Twitter sphere about a year and a half ago. So I am doing well, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm a listener to the podcast. Uh, you're doing some great work here, Stu. And of course, uh, anytime I can join somebody who was born on the exact same day <laughs> in human history, uh, at March 1st, we won't disclose the year, yeah. uh, I'm happy to be here. So thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. We celebrate the month anniversary of that birthday. So on April 1st, we're recording this. And on um, St. Patrick's Day, uh, you recorded or posted, I should say, the NASCAR on NBC podcast that really set the table for what we've seen over the past few weeks. Um, your NBC teammate, Parker Kligerman, who owns two iRacing teams with NBC analyst Jeff Burton, discuss reaching new audiences and the metrics he shares with his sponsors. And I was wondering, why does Kligerman make a distinction between e-motorsports and e-sports? Well, I think that, and first we should give Parker a ton of credit here, Stu. I mean, he's, granted, part of this is that he's, he's a, a super-attuned millennial. He's extremely intelligent. And he's a very good driver. He's won in NASCAR National Series and the Truck Series, and he's also won in ARCA. So uh, he, he comes with a ton of credentials and, again, a ton of intelligence. And Parker could see where iRacing was going uh, virtually from the moment he got on, uh, probably in his teen years. And um, the reason that he makes that distinction between e-motorsports and e-sports is because he was one of the first people, I think, who, who started putting the claim out there really even before – we saw William Byron uh, take this route where he essentially started on iRacing and then worked his way into becoming this NASCAR phenom who went trucks, Xfinity Series, and now drives in the Cup Series for Hendrick Motorsports and is regarded as future superstar. Parker is one of the first persons, first people who could see, I think, that iRacing could be a viable path to real-world success. You could start in the virtual world and you make your way to the real world of racing. And uh, the reason he makes a distinction between e-motorsports and e-sports is because Parker is also a, a real-life racing person. I mean, he, again, he's, he's raced in national series 
Um, he's tried to make a go of it as a full-time cup driver, uh, and he's gotten those opportunities. And he sees that eye racing and virtual sports, virtual racing, are never going to replace real racing. And uh, it will it will supplement those and and burnish them. And that's that's the role that Parker sees for e motorsports. And that's where it's different from e sports because. If you look at esports and like the the first person shooters and and those types of gamers, uh, they're trying to build their own separate entity to compete with real world sports like pro football, like pro basketball. It might be fanciful pie in the type, pie in the sky type stuff, but they believe that esports can be this viable thing that overtakes the real world. Parker doesn't see e-motorsports in that way. He sees iRacing and what it's doing for NASCAR is more as a pipeline and more burnishing NASCAR and real-world auto racing, IndyCar as well, and IMSA obviously have have branched out and gotten heavily into iRacing during the the COVID-19 shutdown. So he he sees it as a way to supplement what's happening in real-world auto racing and so that's why the distinction between e-motor sports and e-sports oh, that's great and he was in the simulator in uh, nascar america and and um, showing people how similar racing is on iRacing versus real racing and last year nbcsn's nascar america televised iRacing events uh, what did you learn covering those races and how have you covered virtual racing this year? Can anything apply from the virtual world to, uh, or, or real, I should say, to the virtual coverage? Yeah, well, first, I appreciate you noting that, Stu, that uh, NBC Sports uh, and NBCSN were uh, among the first, really the first, to put iRacing on national television. Uh, we had a couple of all-star races uh, last year during NASCAR America broadcasts, and then the championship finale for the 2019 iRacing season was shown live on NASCAR America. And uh, I, I think we, we provided, you know, Fox has done a good job here the last couple of weeks of shifting uh, into showing these iRacing events, uh, the Pro Series Invitationals with real-world NASCAR drivers. They've done a good job of shifting into that and, and giving people some content that obviously has drawn a ton of viewers, uh, probably more than people expected, and that's been great. But um, I, you know, I, I want to give uh, and toot our own horn a little bit. I want to give people at NBC Sports Group, obviously, some credit too, because I think um, we, we did a really good job of, of laying the groundwork for that and showing that it could work um, as as a, as broadcast content and as something that people could find appealing and watchable. And I think that would be my main takeaway, Stu, from what we learned last year is that. Um, you know, I, I think some of us were expecting some blowback. I mean, uh, a guy I used to write with at USA Today, Jeff Gluck, um, was one of the non-believers in iRacing, and you know, he made quite a show of uh, blocking out any sort of trending topics on his Twitter timeline that involved iRacing when these broadcasts were going on. Uh, and he's come around this year, and uh, like you know, part of that obviously is by necessity and understanding where we are with the novel coronavirus and knowing that we're not going to have racing anytime soon, unfortunately, possibly not until it seems like uh, early summer is, is starting to be what it looks like. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I, he, he's come around to it, though, and because also I think he sees that there is value in it and that there there is an appeal to it. And, you know, you mentioned it was the number one trending topic on Twitter. We saw that in those NASCAR America broadcasts last year of the iRacing events. We saw that uh, the, the positivity, the reception for iRacing on NBCSN last year was very strong. And uh, uh, the people I was seeing it from were not necessarily gamers. They were not necessarily 
um, the target demo all the time of what you would expect for an iRacing event. So I, I think that spoke to its appeal. And, you know, you, you ask how we're covering it now. Um, Dustin Long is the, the editor for NBCSports.com's NASCAR Talk, NASCAR microsite, and uh, he's been assigning – uh, stories, uh, multiple stories for the, the Fox broadcast the last two weeks at Texas and Miami. Uh, he actually had a writer staff last night's uh, Coca-Cola series, iRacing event, which is essentially iRacing's cup series with uh, uh, 40 uh, professional gamer type drivers who would be like the, the iRacing equivalent of real world cup drivers like Denny Hamlin or Kyle Busch or uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson, those types. And um, I, I think certainly during the layoff, you'll continue to see that as, as long as real racing isn't available to be covered. But even beyond that, I think it might change in that there might be more coverage of iRacing. Again, I don't think this is ever going to supplant real racing, but I think that uh, iRacing has done a really good job of seizing this opportunity and capitalizing on this moment, however dark it might be that you know, it's the result of a pandemic, but they've they've found a silver lining here for everybody to hold on to and, and grasp that um, this this is a nice distraction. This is some good entertainment. And, you know, I'm, I'm handling NBCSports.com's non-NASCAR content, and I'm staffing the, the IMSA race. Uh, they had a Sebring simulation last weekend. Uh, IndyCar had Watkins Glen last weekend. We'll have uh, IndyCar at Barber Motorsports Park this weekend, and I'll be staffing those races accordingly, not that much differently than we would do with a real-life IndyCar race. All right, and I appreciate the Gluck shout-out. I need to find when his InstaLive tweet-up will be this week at Bristol Motor Speedway, <laughs> so that's a good That's uh, how you reminder. know that it, it got his endorsement because yes, he's doing the virtual tweet-up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we go ahead, looking back the last two weeks, Denny Hamlin and Timmy Hill won the first two eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational events. And as I mentioned earlier, setting and then breaking the record for most watched eSports events on linear TV. Fox will telecast the entire season, including this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern from the virtual Bristol Motor Speedway on Fox and FS1. And FS1 also added a Wednesday night iRacing series spanning multiple series and starting with a World of Outlaws event April 1st tonight, which sounds a lot like ESPN's Thursday Night Thunder. Um, I was wondering, how did the sanctioning body, in this case NASCAR, iRacing, um, the broadcaster, Fox, and the drivers who are independent contractors put together this series so quickly? And what's been the industry response to the racing and the metrics? Well, you know, it's it, it's a good question, uh, Stu, and I, I heard Steve Myers, who is uh, the executive vice president, executive producer at iRacing, and he's been with that company for a very long time. That company's been around for actually more than 20 years in one form or another, and uh, he said that the, the first Fox Sports race happened uh, the Thursday before the Atlanta race that was postponed, so I think this would have been like March 12th, uh, where Jeff Gordon reached out to his former Hendrick Motorsports teammate, Dale Jr. Dale Hunter Jr., of course, is now an, a NASCAR and NBC analyst, uh, and a very avid iRacer and gamer, and uh, Jeff Gordon just asked Dale, like, hey, c could this work? Is, is this something we could pull off on television as a substitute for real world, world racing. And, you know, Dale Jr., as always, he's so enthusiastic when it comes to spreading the gospel about both iRacing and NASCAR. He reached out to Steve Myers, who he has a good relationship with, and, and that led to conversations with Fox Sports Management and Jeff Gordon. And, you know, within a week, they were able to put together that whole first pro invitational race. And I think that 
uh, laid the groundwork, again, much like the NBCSN broadcast last year uh, of iRacing laid the groundwork for, for this to be a little bit more startup. I think that the work that iRacing and Fox did last week in, in getting the Miami race put together so well and so quickly and then getting the Texas race put together as well and now having this full-fledged series, uh, that made it a lot easier for it, them to branch into other series. And I, you know, I think it's great that uh, FS1's adding that. As you said, it is kind of akin to Thursday Night Thunder, which uh, many people will remember is, is where Jeff Gordon first came to prominence. Uh, it, for a lot of people, that was the first time they saw that four-time NASCAR champion was when he was running open-wheel USAC dirt races on ESPN on, on Thursday nights. And who knows, maybe uh, there'll be a similar case um, for an iRacer. I, I don't know what the fields are going to look like. I know Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell are going to be in that Wednesday night series. I don't know what kind of other drivers they will have in it, but um, you know, it could be that like we we could see the um, emergence of another star here in this, this Wednesday night series. Yeah, and we mentioned the first two winners. Hamlin has a $40,000 simulation rig. Hill has a desktop setup that's about $1,000. Um, cost and access to competitive rides has been a barrier to entry in real racing. Does virtual racing level the field? I, I think it does. And uh, again, like I'll go back to this uh, morning drive interview that Steve Myers did on Sirius XM NASCAR with, with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni. And, you know, he made the point that you know, Timmy Hill won that Texas race with a wheel uh, that he bought 11 years ago for 300 bucks. And he had one monitor. Um, and, and, you know, Myers really stressed the point that all you need is a personal computer with you know, some amount of, I, I, would, I would think, memory or hard drive space or whatever. Um, obviously, you need a good Internet connection. Um, but if you have those things, you can go to the iRacing website, run the software, download it, uh, install it, and be racing in 15 to 20 minutes. Like you, As some people have called it, I think Clint Boyer described it as Denny Hamlin's space shuttle set up um and even though we've seen nascar drivers go out in droves these past couple of weeks and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars uh on these rigs uh, and not just nascar drivers but indycar drivers and imsa drivers and f1 drivers you, you don't need that kind of equipment to be successful ty majeski is one of the best uh sim drivers in america maybe in the world and, you know, he's posted photos of his iRacing setup, which is pretty much the same as Timmy Hill's, like a, a wheel, uh, a monitor, and a tiny fan blowing on his laptop to keep it from, I think, overheating, much the way you would use uh, brake ducts, <laughs> I guess, at Martinsville wow. or Richmond. So, yeah, um, yeah you, you don't need – you can certainly spend the money um, to, to outfit your rig with some really uh, tricked-out stuff and, 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 you know, use virtual reality. I mean, one of the IMSA drivers in the Sebring race was explaining to me that he uses, like, one of those Oculus-type things. Um, so he's, he's completely immersed and, and feeling as if, uh, you know, when, if you use the three-screen concept, he felt like you can still see uh, external things and you sort of get distracted by what else is in the room. And so he prefers the virtual reality helmet. So, yes, you, you, can, you can spend the money and, and do those things, but it's not necessarily a necessity for success. It's kind of different from that adage that we always hear about in racing, that, that money buys speed. Uh, I think money can buy speed in eye racing, but it doesn't necessarily buy you wins if you're up against somebody who knows how to do it with a wheel and a, and a monitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, you mentioned other series, and um, the NTT IndyCar series postponed the Indianapolis 500 to August 23rd and the GMR Grand Prix to July 4th for the first-ever IndyCar NASCAR Premier Series doubleheader. 
with the Cup and Xfinity Series in town. Seven-time Cup champion Jimmy Johnson has expressed an interest in running the IndyCar event after finishing 16th on Saturday in the opening event of the IndyCar iRacing Series Challenge. Um, Ally, his Cup sponsor, was on that car. Do you think he'll run the IndyCar real race on the 4th? Um, I, I think he wants to, Stu, but I think that, uh, you know, if I had to put odds on it, I would say probably less than 50-50. Um, just because he's got to go through so many approvals with Hendrick Motorsports and with his sponsor and ally, and uh, the team obviously would have to be behind it, and we don't really know how things are going to shake out for NASCAR between now and then. Uh, they want to come back May 9th at Martinsville, but you know Virginia, where the Martinsville race is located, uh, just issued a stay-at-home order through, through June. So uh, I, I, th- I don't know if that race is necessarily going to happen. I think we're going to hear more from NASCAR on that this week. I think it certainly casts some doubt about when they're going to restart. So, unfortunately, there's all these extenuating circumstances that make it difficult to predict. But I know Jimmy Johnson wants to run that event. And uh, if NASCAR and IndyCar are in a doubleheader that weekend at the IMS road course, uh, it certainly should be possible. And I think he'd be able to get a ride if he wanted one from Aero McLaren SP. And, uh, you know, I would hope that his team and uh, his sponsors and people at NASCAR would understand the benefit and value of that, of having a seven-time champion do that crossover, I think would be tremendous for auto racing. Yeah, on the 4th of July, I think that would be great, a new tradition. Um, So in that race that you mentioned at Watkins Glen, the virtual Watkins Glen, Sage Karam won. And there are reports that NBCSN will televise the second race. Um, that's this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern from Virtual Barber Motorsports Park. Is there any light you can shed on that? Yeah, a little bit, Stu. Um, first, I can, I can break a little bit of news here on the Believe in the Media Guide podcast. Uh, as we've been talking, I've received uh, metrics from IndyCar for that, that IndyCar iRacing Challenge race this past Saturday at Watkins Glen. And... Uh, According to IndyCar, that race measured 433,000 views on IndyCar and iRacing channels, and the average session time for users was almost 20 minutes. Wow. Uh, That is better than what NASCAR's iRacing Coca-Cola series drew the first couple of weeks, and it's roughly on par with the time that Parker said an iRacing Coca-Cola series viewer was watching races, which is close to 20 minutes, and Mm -hmm. Parker talked about how strong that is. So... Um, as you mentioned, that, that race, the IndyCar race at Watkins Glen was streamed. Um, we did have the IndyCar and NBC booth calling it. Uh, they will be calling this weekend, this Saturday's race at Barber Motorsports Park as well. There was a lot of effort made to try to put the IndyCar race on NBCSN. Unfortunately, logistically, uh, it just wasn't a, a possibility last weekend. Um, our NBC Sports Group headquarters, where our control rooms are, are in Stanford, Connecticut, which, of course, is very close to New York and very close to Westchester County, New York, which is one of the, uh, the ground zeros for the, the novel coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak pandemic in, in America. So uh, obviously, and as they should, uh, NBC Sports Group is being you know, very safe and, and protecting the health of its employees. So um, we're looking – I know a lot of effort was put into trying to put that race on TV – and I know a lot of effort, and a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of earth and ground is being moved to try to get this race uh, Saturday at Barber Motorsports Park on national television. Um, I think the chances are better for that happening. I don't have anything official to say on that yet, but 
Um, I know there's a lot of effort and work being put into trying to put that race on NBCSN uh, this week, and I'm hopeful that um, it'll happen, and we'll hear some good news on that. No, that'll be awesome, and we'll all tune in for that if that's the case. Thanks for that. Um, so to real racing, um, you know, NASCAR and IndyCar were prepared to run races without crowds at Atlanta and St. Petersburg. With NASCAR, like you said, Martinsville now may be in jeopardy, but it was scheduled to be the next race run May 9th on the Premier Series schedule, and IndyCar May 30th in Detroit. Do you think they would run those events without fans, um, and did teams take any special precautions at Atlanta or St. Petersburg when all systems were go that they were going to race? Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I think that there were precautions taken, um, Stu, there, there were a lot of things given to us in terms of outlining how it would work uh, if the St. Petersburg and Atlanta race had, races had happened without fans. Um, there were questionnaires distributed throughout the IndyCar paddock for question surveys that people were required to complete. And if they answered a certain way, then they were going to have to be uh, have additional screening by medical professionals. Um, there were going to be extremely stringent restrictions on how much media would get to interact and cover that race. Uh, unfortunately, we we're going to be limited pretty much exclusively to the media center. I mean, it, it wouldn't be, have been much different than watching it on TV, um, which, uh, you know, it would make it difficult. I mean, they were going to have a post-race uh, account, what they've been doing these past few weeks with the iRacing, uh, video conferences with the drivers instead of bringing them into the room and letting us ask questions. So taking social distancing very seriously to the point like where even the six feet um, requirement really wasn't enough. Um, and then, you know, in terms of the way they were going to handle things for their competitors, uh, it was a very, again, this was the, the weekend of March 13th through 15th. So things were still relatively fluid then. And I think we were still learning about the social distancing guidelines and how important and how serious it was to take uh, this outbreak so I, I think even looking at what they were looking at then probably wouldn't be applicable now to what they might look at. Uh, you know, you ask, would they run races without fans? I think both series would. Um, I think a lot of it will be dependent on how things evolve here and, and shake out and uh, certainly what happens in this country over the next month and if they're able to flatten the curve and, and if good news emerges on, on being able to relax the social distancing policies that obviously are, are very much needed and in effect now and, and should be mandatory uh, everywhere as much as possible. So uh, I think more to come on that, but I, I think that NASCAR and IndyCar would look at returning and running without fans, uh, you know, particularly NASCAR because they've got, they really want to run all 36 races and they sort of need to in some ways for the financial viability of their teams and their tracks and the sanctioning body. A lot of their revenue depends cash flow depends on ensuring that they're running those events so um you know more to come on that but i think it certainly bears watching and um we mentioned the double header weekend july 4th at indianapolis motor speedway um and there's been talk in 2021 with new track sanctions coming up of the potential of sanctioning bodies working together do you think we'll see more double headers and creative ways of running races as trial balloons for next year yeah, I think absolutely, uh, Stu, and I think that, uh, that this July 4th weekend at Indy is going to be a great uh, litmus test for that. And who knows? Again, the way things shake out in 2020, there could be more opportunities for that. You could see more doubleheaders between IndyCar and NASCAR because they do share some commonality uh, of upcoming tracks on both of their schedules. And you're right. Like, there was already a lot of discussion for next year uh, about the possibility 
uh, of, of having more doubleheaders and certainly about the possibility of shaking up the NASCAR schedule entirely and, and going to some new venues. So, um, again, we're looking for silver linings in this whole uh, difficult uh, adversity and situation that, that the country and the world finds itself in. And if you're looking for it, I think uh, NASCAR's schedule is needed to kick in the pants for a few years. And uh, I think that what's happening right now in the world and, and the way the 2020 season will be affected by this could be uh, looked back on as the impetus for a lot of change that needed to happen. Yeah, and um, another silver lining um, with motorsports playing a leading role in virtual racing, um, the World Health Organization has partnered with the gaming industry to promote social distancing by playing video games in the hashtag Play Apart Together campaign. So. Um, NASCAR are on the right side of history there and other leagues following suit. Um, with the early success of the TV ratings and the number and length of streams for motorsports events, uh, the NBA, the NBA Players Association, and 2K have partnered to televise the NBA 2K20 player tournament starting Friday evening on ESPN and continuing until the finals on April 11th. Um, so it seems other sports are paying attention, um, but how will those competitions compare with motorsports? I guess in another way, is motorsports unique because drivers can compete against each other in their racing rigs in ways that stick and ball athletes can't? Yeah, it, it is just completely different, Stu, and you, you hit on it, and Denny Hamlin, I think, has done a really good job of spreading that message. Um, this the, the past week after he was the winner at Miami, I mean, he went on Sports Center, he went on a lot of national outlets he spoke to the washington post as did dale jr and both of them talked about how motorsports is unique uh in a way that you know the nba and the nfl can't be i mean there are very popular video gaming consoles and, and systems for for both of those sports but uh aside from hand-eye coordination uh there's not anything that's really transferable from the virtual arcade world to the real world for the athletes as they play those and yes the nba can organize nba 2k 2020 or whatever with with lebron james and james harden and russell westbrook and everybody playing um video games as nba players are wont to do but it's not the same as what you can see on the court obviously it's just there's no there's no real parallel there whereas with iRacing and motorsports in general there there are a ton of parallels and drivers talk all the time about how the laser scanning of these tracks has made it so realistic the way the cars handle uh, is extremely realistic. Like the only thing you're really missing uh, in a virtual simulation of a race or, or versus the real world is G-forces, bumps, and as an IMSA driver, I thought said really well that the element of fear that is there in real life obviously is not there in the virtual world. So that that is interesting. But um, you know, I think. Hamlin and, and Dale Jr. again have said that, that this, that really the only difference between when they race in the real world versus racing virtual is a 3,400 pounds of, of metal um, surrounding them if, it, if it's a stock car. And uh, everything else they're doing in real life is what they have to do in the virtual world in terms of the way they drive the car and put it on edge. And again, like that hand-eye coordination being so directly relatable between virtual world and real world. Um, that's something that motorsports can sell that other professional sports cannot. Like when you're watching an iRacing event, no, you're not watching the real world thing, but you're seeing the drivers use the skills that they use in the real world to excel at this virtual video game type competition. And that's not something that you can really see in any other professional sport. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And 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 speaking of other sports, uh, NBC Sports Championship season is underway, but with several events delayed, we've seen Hockey Week in America, now Football Week in America. Will there be one for racing? Um, I can tell you, Stu, there have been a lot of discussions around that, and I do think that you will see eventually a, a racing week uh, in America, much like, as you know, the NBCSN has had the, the football week in America and, and the hockey week in America. I know there's been a lot of effort put toward trying to ensure there's a racing week as well on NBCSN. I mean, that obviously, motorsports is uh, a very important NBC sports group. Uh, so many properties that, uh, that you can find across various auto racing series, whether it's NASCAR, or IndyCar, Supercross. Uh, MotoGP was supposed to start uh, this year on NBCSN. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to broadcast a premier race yet because they haven't had one because of the pandemic. But uh, that we're very excited about. And, you know, uh, IMSA, of course, as well. You know, we had the Rolex 24 at Daytona on the NBC Sports Group family of networks. So um, NBC Sports Group is, is about motorsports. And, you know, I think that you'll certainly see that continue to be highlighted and illustrated uh, during this uh, indefinite layoff for uh, for the pandemic, which again I hope I hope we I think we all hope ends uh, as soon as possible, so we can get back to the real world. Yeah, real racing. Um, but uh, any other programming events um, on NBCSN or NBCSports.com or any upcoming podcast or features we should keep an eye out for from you? Well, I appreciate that too. I mean, I'm hoping to restart the NBC uh, the NASCAR NBC podcast soon. Um, I would I would say stay tuned on that in the next couple of weeks. I think we want to get back into the flow of that. Um, stay tuned. Uh, the NBC Sports, the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel, I should say. You can subscribe to that, Motorsports on NBC on YouTube. Um, we're starting to put out uh, almost daily content there. There was a wonderful piece uh, with Kyle Petty recalling his two favorite races in NASCAR, neither of which he drove in. One involved Richard Petty, the other involved his late son, Adam. Uh, there'll be a lot of content like that going up on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. And, of course, NBCSports.com slash NASCAR, NBCSports.com slash Motors. Uh, we're continuing to put daily content up on um, both of those sites on NBCSports.com, uh, covering what's happening in iRacing and what's happening in the real world across NASCAR and IMSA and IndyCar and MotoGP and Supercross, uh, across uh, you know, NHRA, across all motorsports. Uh, we've got it covered at NBCSports.com. Yeah, and uh, we'll look for updates on Twitter, at Nate Ryan, all one word. Um, Nate Ryan, NBCSports.com's lead motorsports writer. Thanks very much for your time, and um, all the best to you during this uh, global pandemic. Hey, thanks for having me, Stu. I really enjoyed it. As I said, I'm a, I'm a fan of your podcast and, and your interviewing style. Always, it's a pleasure to be on here, and uh, stay safe and healthy, and let's keep in touch. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide, and if you enjoy this show like Nate says he does, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.